an interesting little kind of twist that we're taking with this, and it's an important one. Um, fitness. I mean, well, that's something we're all concerned about. Being healthy. And we live in an unhealthy world uh, in many ways. I mean, we look around and we, we, you know, we can talk about unhealthiness in so many different ways. Uh, if we want to talk about the economy, certainly, and we don't want to talk about that. Do you? We can talk about um, the Yankees. My gosh, they can't hold people to single digits. What's that all about? Jeez, I think they're football teams. Anyway, um, we can talk about all kinds of fitness or the lack of, but when we get to this whole thing of physical fitness, it's pretty amazing. I got some numbers. This will, this will, maybe you know this. This, will, this blew me away, okay? Uh, the fitness industry every, this year, this last year in America, did $17.6 billion worth of business, all right? That's the fitness industry. Um, the supplement industry, that's, you know, like, I think of steroids, but I realize supplement industry is a whole lot more than just th- than that. It's a whole bunch of other stuff, um, and uh, yeah, that's your natural food stores and so forth. That's twenty billion, twenty billion with a B. Okay, but get this: so you got fitness industry seventeen point six billion, supp- supplement industry twenty billion, diet and weight loss industry forty billion this year. So uh, isn't that amazing? I just those blew me away. Fitness is an issue. We read that. We talk about that, and we hear things and news reports and so forth where we're still uh, an overweight nation. And, of course, depending on, you know, they talk about how many people are, are obese, and then they start defining what obese is and all the other kinds of stuff. Um, here's the point. This is a big deal. But what I want to talk about is fitness that counts the most. I want to talk about fitness that counts, first of all, just with yourself, okay? That's next week. See, how, how do you have, you know, having, having, having fitness, being fit just with who I am, it's a very important issue. Being fit with community, your, your friends, um, and having people in your life who can help you stay that way. And we're not talking about physical fitness now. And then I'm going to talk about it in relationship to your family. All of those are closely integrated to this first one that we're going to talk about, and that is being fit with God or having fitness, uh, having, having healthy Uh, if you want to put it that way, being healthy in our relationship and our our connection with God. And that's what we're going to talk about. Today, we're going to talk about it more specifically, uh, just sort of a two-faceted aspect of fitness with God. The first one really has to do with how does one get fit with God? How does one one get there where you have some sort of healthy uh, relationship with God? That's the first part of that. How do you get there? The second part of that is how do you stay there? Because really, that's really the other part of this thing. We all have probably, most of us probably, have been through stages where we're physically fit. We're really going after, really trying to get fit. And then you kind of, you know, fall off the wagon. And, uh, and so, so it's not just a matter of getting there, but it's a matter of staying there. And I want to talk about both aspects of that. But let me just real quickly deal with, the, with, with, with getting there first. Because we, that's where we have to begin. How does one get fit or, or get right, uh, if you will, or get healthy? Uh, with God, it's that. This is a real simple thing. I want. I want to just. I, I want you just to make sure you get it, though. And that is, it's three very simple concepts. I'm going to use three. Uh, I'm going to alliterate. It doesn't matter. Just I want to get, that you get the words. I want you to get the concept. The first part of that, in terms of this, this, this first initial fitness with God, is just an awareness of, of just an awareness of my brokenness. Just being aware that I'm a fallen individual. Most of us, wherever you are on the faith journey or lack of faith in your life, most of us don't have a problem in recognizing that these days, I don't think. But that's where we start, an awareness of our own brokenness. 
The second aspect comes in with just an acceptance that Christ came because of that. Christ came to give me forgiveness because I need it. And my sins alone, as I said last, last Sunday, last Easter Sunday, last week, that uh, my sins alone were enough to send Christ to the cross. But he went to the cross and rose from the dead for mine and yours, all of us. So, so we accept it. So we're, we're aware, we accept. And then there's this other thing I call aspiration or, or desire for righteousness. And uh, there's, once, once that happens, once we, once we come to that point, in our lives, wherever that is for you, whether that was a moment that you can remember or whether that was a process somewhere in there, you, 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 you know, I decided I'm just going to trust Christ or, or maybe you're still thinking about that and that's great. Um, then, there, then there becomes this desire to, 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 to really, don't always do it, but a desire to live in a way that's going to be righteous and um, honoring to God. So, Fitness with God involves your acceptance of His love, His grace, His forgiveness, uh, and for Him, that is Christ, to fill that, that God-created vacuum that is in all of us. It, it comes at a time for, as I said a moment ago, and this is very important. Um, some of you are, are still thinking about that. God bless you. Keep thinking. Keep, keep seeking. Keep digging. Some of you are at a point, you know, I know that I've, I've, I've uh, there's a point in my life, maybe it was at this point maybe that where, where I decided I want to, I want to, I just want to accept, I want to put my trust in God and, and in Jesus. I want to do that. And, and maybe you can, can't point to a date, but you point to a time period that somewhere in there, you know, as I said, some of you are still thinking about it, but, but here's the thing. Fitness with God involves your acceptance of his love, his grace, of his forgiveness to create that, uh, to, to fill that God created vacuum God created vacuum. I take, I take that phrase. Those aren't my words. They're for uh, Pascal, who I always like a lot because he was born the same day I was, except about several hundred years apart. He was born June 19th. Um, look, well, let's just quote. There is, there is, I, I use this all the time. I love this quote. There is a God-created vacuum in the heart of every man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing but only by God the Creator made known through Jesus Christ. That just says it all for me. It just it says it all. That decision, whenever it was made or is made or will be made by you, um, will be a life changer. There, there may be some pitfall, there will be some pitfalls along the way, but once one decides, I have put my trust in Christ, nothing ever can be undone about that. Nothing can change from that. You can have some a lot of problems, you can have a lot of issues, but, but nothing's going to ever take you out of God's grace and love at that point in time. Doesn't mean that everything's going to be just a you know, bowl of cherries, so to speak, but it, it, that's, whether you want to call that security or whether you want to call that just being confident that God's never going to let you go, I don't care, just as long as you understand the concept there. It's a life changer. However, get ready, get ready for a great line, Okay. I realized this morning, about 5.30, I read this line. I, I, I often, I, use, I try to go to the gym early on, on, uh, on Sunday morning and, and kind of go over my notes as I'm on the elliptical machine. And, and I was going over this on the elliptical machine, and I said, you know, I was kind of about half reading it and half asleep and half trying to conquer the elliptical. And um, I read this line, and I thought, dang, that is good. And this is one of those times I wrote it, you know, I'm sorry, I wrote it, but it's just really good. 
It's really good. I don't, very, I don't often, not every now and then, but get this. This is a great line. I should have put it on the screen, but I didn't. Just listen to it. However, in our pothole-filled journey of faith, we can become sloppy, unfit, and totally without any fitness in our connection with God. Let me tell you how, let me tell you how that, I, I got to tell you this, how that line got created, the evolution of that line. I was whining one day. I, I wasn't really whining to anybody in particular, just, you know, just, just, just in my car, because there were just, I mean, I don't know, the potholes just drive me nuts, and they're all over here. And you know, and if you drive like I do, they kind of just pop up on you really quickly, okay? And, and it just, you know, and, and I, was, I was sitting there whining, thinking, and I don't like to whine. I'm a positive guy, but I was being very negative. Oh, man, it's ticket pot. Why don't they spend some of the ridiculous tax money I spent on, the, on fix the roads around here, you know? Um, and then I thought, you know, I got to quit this. I got to quit. I don't want to be whining and complaining all the time, even in my mind. I don't want to be like that. I don't, that's not me. That's not who I am. So I thought, what can I do? So I, I came up with this idea, and it's really been pretty good for me. Um, every time I get on one of these pothole, pot, pothole-filled roads, which is every day, uh, I mean, I can't even go from here to my house. I'll hit one. Um, not one pothole, but one pothole-filled road. Every time I hit one of those roads, I, all I need to do is just stop and think about, you know, this is like my journey of faith. There's been a lot of potholes, you know? And it's true. I've actually had a few sinkholes, and, uh, and, and, and you might have too. You might be able to relate to that. So I kind of wanted to, just so I could think about that. So that's kind of the evolution of my little line here that I had. Now, so... I've spent way more time than that than I should have, but I just, um, let's go back to the line. Maybe that'll help you when you hit a pothole next time. In our pothole-filled journey of faith, we can become sloppy, and you know that, and unfit, and totally without any fitness at all in our relationship or in our connection with God. What do we need to do to keep that from happening? Now, just in case... In the back of your mind, you're wondering, well, I don't know if I'm sloppy in my, or, or unfit in my relationship or my connection with, with God. Let me give you a few little um, ways that you can start thinking about that. And again, none of these are, these are not to be taken in a legalistic way at all, but they're to be thought about a little bit in terms of maybe, maybe I'm getting a little sloppy if I'm a person of faith. If, if, if for instance, church is not a priority in my life. And now listen, I understand we live in a busy culture, and you don't hear this too much from me, and I'm not going to give you some legalistic formula, but church needs to be a priority in your life. It's, it's 60 minutes a week, people. I mean, I mean, 58 sometimes. Uh, 9 o'clock, it was 62. I apologize, okay? Um, but you get the point. It, there needs to be a priority of where I pause and I stop. Is it, what, is it because rich is so great? Well... Yeah, that, that come, you, know, you may catch him on a good Sunday, but you may catch him on a bad Sunday. That's not the point, though. You know, the point is, what it, is to stop and reflect and think about my relationship with my Creator, my God, for 60 minutes a day, uh, 60 minutes a week. And, my tr- and, and, and trust me on this, I hope it's more than that. When those people who come to me, and this happens a lot, you know, Rich, I, I need more than just the church. I need more than 60 minutes a week. I say, God bless you. Yes, you do. We all do. But that's a start. Let's just start there. And it needs to be a priority. And I realize we've got a lot of issues and we've got kids stuff and we got, I'm not telling you you've got to stop doing kids sports. I'm not saying that at all. 
that's one of the reasons we try to do, you know, try to make things work for people with three services and so forth. I mean, we need the space, but also it can maybe help with some of those issues as well. But, but if church is not a priority, let's put it that way, there's not, there's not a value in your life for that, then you get a little sloppy. Or maybe you've always been sloppy in terms of your relationship with, with God or, and Christ. Reading the Bible, this is another, reading the Bible is only for church. Well, you know, that's not true. I mean, certainly we're going to read the Bible. We're going to do it here in just a minute. But that's a good sign that maybe you've got some things out of whack going on inside of you. Because the Bible will give you wisdom for living. Last fall, I challenged the folks. I was teaching through the book, through some different studies in the book of Proverbs. Or last spring, I don't remember when it was. Last year sometime. And, um, and, and some people, I challenged the folks. I said, hey, listen, do what, do what you've got to do. You can do this. Just take a few minutes, read a chapter in the Proverbs. There's 31 chapters, 31 days in the month for the most part. Just do that. And I, I, the, the results, the people, the feedback that I got from that was pretty amazing. You know, that really helped me kind of set the focus of my day. I do that on the train or, or somewhere else when I got to work or whatever. Maybe it's Proverbs. Maybe it's somewhere else. That needs to be, again, that needs to be a value. You know, and it's so easy to do. I mean, download, it's so easy to download them on your, on your iPhone or your much lesser desired Blackberries or, or other things like that. But, but you can do that. Or maybe just grab a little, do it the old-fashioned way. Just get a little Old Testament stuff in your pocket, you know. Um, but it needs to be a priority. Praying is only something you do when you get in trouble or when you need something or when you really, 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 really want something. That's the only time you pray. Then you, gotta, you get a little sloppy. Because you need to be praying for others. And, you know, you don't, when you pray, you don't have to stop and, you know, bow your head or whatever. You can just, in your own heart and in your own mind, under your breath, talk to God. Well, I pray for so-and-so. I've been praying for some people this morning who are in the hospital, and I haven't said their names, and I haven't stopped. I've just been thinking about them, and I just ask God to help them where they are and help, help everybody to be okay. Um, you rarely, here's another one. Good sign of, of spiritual sloppiness, as I call it. You rarely think about how Christ would handle your everyday situations. Now let me let me just explain that just for a moment, because I, I'm not here implying this thing that was sweeping the country a few years ago. This uh, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Or if you were in Boston at the time, it was what would Johnny Damon do? Um, they had T-shirts like that because he looked he had long hairs before Steinbrenner made him cut his hair when he came to the Yankees because we. We're all clean-cut people here in New York, of course. But, um, um, but anyway, they had this thing for a number of years. What would WWJD? It was a good concept, uh, but, and it may have worked for some people. That's not necessarily what I'm suggesting. I'm just suggesting, have you ever been in those situations where, the, where I, mean, I mean, the pressure's up. It's a tough, there's a lot of tension going on. It's a tough deal. It's something happening at work, something happening in your home, something happening in, you know, in your club or whatever. And, and did you ever just stop for just a moment and just in your mind, just step away from that situation, not physically, but in your mind, and just say, I wonder how Jesus would handle this situation. Now, that's not always going to work because I've got to tell you, sometimes I don't know what Jesus would do. But it's a great exercise to stop and kind of get you refocused, maybe to keep you from being verbally abusive, maybe to keep you from you know, spouting off or popping off or being a smart aleck or, 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 or whatever. Just talked about myself there for about three sentences. But um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great exercise to stop and think about. Um, sinful tendencies that you have are becoming a little more dominant whether that be, well, you fill in the blank. You, you don't need me to tell you what that is. Or maybe you're just sloppy and inattentive to the nurturing of that God-created vacuum in your life. 
and you just sort of stay busy to keep from having to deal with it. Here is what equals fitness. We've talked about signs. Here's what equals fitness with God. The key to this, this what I'm going to call ongoing fitness with, with, our, with our God involves a growing understanding of who He is and the natural results that turn up in our lives. And there are two key factors, and I'm going to give them to you very quickly. Two key factors of healthy fitness with God. The first one is a little word we call humility. Humility. It's huge. Don't be misguided here by that. You say, well, I'm not arrogant. Arrogant people need to be humble. You're right. But there are people who aren't arrogant who still, who still lack humility. They, they think about how, how you know, bad they are. They think about how weak they are. They think about how incapable they are. It's still all about them. And humility is not all about me. That's the issue. Let me show you what the Bible says. This is in the Old Testament. In the book of Micah, this is a great, I, I just mentioned this, whether you're a theologian or not, in the old, this is written at a time when, when the, the Jewish sacrificial system was in place. You know, all the sacrificing that was going on in the Old Testament, this is written during that time. Now watch, watch what Micah says, this is, this is just amazing to me. He says, what can we bring to the Lord? What kind of offerings should we give him? Should we bow before God with offerings of yearling calves? Now he gets a little, he gets, I think he gets a little sarcastic right here. Verse 7, should we offer him thousands of rams and 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? No, people. The Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you. Here it is, ready? To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That's it. It's not complicated. It's not deep, but it is deep. It's just very strong. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. How are you doing with that? Just think through that a little bit. Two key factors to this healthy, what I call healthy fitness with God. Humility. The second one is honor. I want to show you what I mean by honor. Honor is a process or a journey, really, that involves getting, the, getting beyond some of the common views that we often have of who God is, the common views of, that God is some kind of an ogre and mean out for us, or a common view that God is this great grandfather in the sky and you're going to give us everything we want, um, or that God is some sort of a cosmic vending machine, you know, whenever I need something, I go push the buttons and say the right prayers. The right view, well, the right view in anything is what really matters. I, yeah, I got, I don't know if you, you probably noticed, but I got new glasses, okay? I went for, you know, I went, I went uh, for the first time really ever, I went to a real eye doctor. Ever since I was 40, I've been just getting those uh, $12 deals at CVS, and you know, I was, when I start using two or three, and I have different ones, and sometimes I'm on two pairs so I can see better, I'm like, yeah, this isn't working for me. And, and um, one night I was sitting on the couch, and, and I was trying to read, and I was trying to watch TV, and I had two pair of two pair of one to watch TV with and one to read with. And Charlene looked at me, she says, honey, that's not doing it for me, you know? And I said, okay. Okay. <laughs> Got to do something about that. Um, um, actually, what happened, what I started thinking about, it, uh, if you were here Good Friday, I had to ask Dave to turn up the lights because I, I was right in a key moment. I couldn't read my, my Bible. And I was like, gosh. Um, anyway, 
And I, I went, you know, it never occurred to me. This sounds so stupid. It never occurred to me until I went to the eye doctor that one eye could be different than the other. I know that sounds silly, but I'm like, he says, you got one eye going on here and one eye going on. I said, really? Yeah, anyway, so I can see now. And by the way, I can see a lot of you, and you're a whole lot better looking than I thought you were. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, that you spot right over in here, just kind of that, that, that were you guys right in there, I could never, that, the light would never, would always, I thought the light was reflecting, and I couldn't see, it was my, I couldn't see. And so this is great. I love looking at you and stuff. This is terrific. Anyway, it's, 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 it's amazing what happens when we have the right view of things, right? And uh, that's the same thing as with God. And all I'm telling you is, when we start talking about this fitness with God, it involves a humility, but it also involves honoring Him. And one of the key components of honoring Him is having, having a, a good, focused, right view of who He is. And that's what God, and, and the way we find that, that's a, it's not just, okay, I got it, I'm going to leave now. No, it's a process, it's a journey. That's what I'm talking about, pray, that's what I'm talking about, church, I'm talking about the Bible and things like that, books about the Bible. I'm going to read, read from one in just a moment. But look what Jeremiah says in in the Old Testament again. This is what the Lord says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom or the powerful boast in their power or the rich boast in their riches. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth and that I delight in these things. I, the Lord, have spoken. Know who I am. Realize I'm not the grandfather in the sky giving you everything, some cosmic vending machine, or nor am I a mean ogre looking to bomb you out. I'm a God who loves you, desires a relationship and, 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 and with you. J.I. Packer, who wrote a book called Knowing God, it's a great book, Knowing God, J.I. Packer. Look what he says. What were we made for to know God? What aim should we have in life to know God? What's the eternal life that Jesus gives to know God? What's the best thing in life to know God? What in humans gives God most pleasure? Knowledge of himself. That's just so great. Just reflect on that for a moment. Psalms puts it this way. Psalm 46. Be still and know that I'm God. I'll be honored by every nation. I'll be honored throughout the world. Healthy fitness with God involves humility and involves honoring Him, viewing Him properly and giving Him the honor in my life that He deserves. I want to just go through three or four things here of what it means to be fit. Um, and how it, it, it being fit involves this growing understanding of God and the life that we live as a result of that. And I'm going to make some metaphors, basically. I'm going, to, I'm going to give you some things here that happens as we see fitness beginning to take place, spiritual fitness in our relationship with God. And I'm going to take them kind of from the physical realm, okay? And you'll see that. So and I won't spend a lot of time on the physical stuff, but you'll see what I mean by that. When we are, when we are, are right, our fitness is, is good with God, it will mean that there is a greater degree of discipline. That discipline, you know, this is the, this is, this, if we're going to be, if we're going to be fit physically, there's got to be some discipline, right? I tell you, one of the, I, I've said this before, but I, I, I'm going to say it again because so, I think this is such a cool thing. One of the wonderful things, my trainer friend's going to disagree with me, but that's okay. One of the wonderful things about physical fitness is, and working out is, you don't have to have your heart in it. You can hate it. 
You know, you can be mad. You can have a bad attitude. Just do it. You know, just do it. You know, somebody ought to use that for their tennis shoe commercial. Um, just do it. That's all you got to do. And it works. It helps. Now, granted, it helps if you think about it and you're focused on it and so forth. But it's the only thing in my life that I can do. And, and think about something else. And, you know, I can't do that. Can you do that with your family? Can you do that with your marriage? Can you do that with your, with your work? No. Anyway, um, the same way it goes with our walk and our relationship, our connection with God, with Christ. And that is, there's, there has to be a little discipline there. I need, I need to think. I need to pray. I need to read a little bit. Uh, it means, it, 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 I like this part, it means you're strengthening the areas that are weak. We all have weak spots. And when we're growing, we're seeing some of those weak spots gets, get a little more strength. We all have weak areas, whether it be in particular kinds of sins or whether it be in particular kinds of personality flaws or whatever it might be. Here's a tough one. It means you're getting flexibility where you were stiff and unyielding. You know, let me just help you with this one. The older you get, the harder flexibility is, okay? We have this machine at the club where I, where I go now, and it's not a machine, it's a table. You go to this table, and you do this lever, and you, you take your legs way up, and, it just, and I'll let it go up, and I'll just go, ah! You know, I'll let it go, it just hurts, and the people around me are looking at me like I'm some kind of a weird guy. And I got on the other day, and some young thing was over here, and she had like a hundred, whatever, a hundred degrees, I guess, and I, mine was like 70. And I, I, I looked, and I said, jeez! And she says, well, I can go further than that. I said, never mind. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Flexibility is hard, man. And you know what? In life, the longer you live, stuff goes around. You, have it. you notice that about old people sometimes? They can be flexible. You know what? We need to learn. In, the th- in some things, in some things, we need to learn. There has to be some flexibility with people, with issues, you know, not certainly in morality, I'm not saying that at all, but, but there needs to be some flexibility as part of growth. It means there's, there's self-control where there used to be only a little. It means that you're thinking long-term. It means that you're, you're build, I like this, you're, it means that your ability, that you're, you're, you're deepening in your ability to go longer and stronger, and it deepens. When you, when, you, when you take that lesson spiritually, I can go longer and I can go stronger. And I'm not, I don't cave under the pressure or under, the, under some of the things that I used to cave under. And then the last one that goes with that, it means that you have the, a, a growing ability to take on heavier load strengths. And some of the things that might have blown you out a few years ago, now you're able to handle by God's grace and by God's strength because there's some growth there. There's, 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 there's an increased fitness with my creator that is there. Socrates said, I pray thee, O God, that I may be beautiful within. That's a great prayer. I pray thee, O God, that I may be beautiful within. It's a great prayer for any of us. Not just to pray that we'll be beautiful on the outside, because by the way, that's a losing battle because we're all aging. Do the best you can, but we're all aging. But on the inside, That's a different deal. I pray thee, O God, that I may be beautiful within. I'm going to to pray. And then come on up. I'm going to get the band. I'm going to get Steve and the guys to come up, and and, and Daniel's going to sing a song. It's also another prayer. That's just a great prayer. And as they're coming up, let me just pray and just ask God to uh, help us comprehend these things. God, these are just so valuable. It's so important for us to stop and think and reflect Pray, 
have some discipline in our lives in the area of fitness between you and us. I pray, God, that you would give us that strength and that ability to pursue that. We thank you, God, that you pursue us in the ways that you do. We thank you for your love and for your grace, for your forgiveness. And uh, we thank you, God, that we can come to you for help any and every time we need it. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.